0: Rock Forward Media presents Rock, Pop, and Roll, the podcast. Welcome to Rock, Pop, and Roll, episode number 18. Thanks for tuning in. The question today is if you are Elton John, how do you follow up the 1970s? Can you do it successfully? On Rock, Pop, and Roll today, the 1980s output of Elton John. How was it? We're going to rate his 1980s singles. Back in 1967, Elton John met his longtime musical partner, Bernie Taupin, and uh, they became songwriting partners. If you don't know, there's a little backstory here. Elton and Bernie Taupin, the songwriting method involved... Uh, Bernie writing the lyrics on his own, and then he would give them to Elton John. Elton John would sit down, put them to the music. They would never be in the same room at the same time. One would write the lyrics, Elton would write the music. Magic would happen. <laughs> that's that's the way they've done it. They're still they still write together. That's still the way that they do things. And it's uh, it's certainly given them some great songs. Oh, I have been this was the, the first real single that they had was called The Border Song. And I have to leave. So before we get into the 1980s, we want to look back at just a, a little brief history of Elton in the 70s. Oh. His his first real hit single was in 1970, uh, the song called "Your Song" from his second album, the uh, self-titled Elton John album. His band at the time was drummer Nigel Olsen, bassist D. Murray. Elton's first American concert was at the Troubadour in Los Angeles in 1970, and once he once he had that hit with "Your Song," he had nothing. But top twenty songs. He had your song, which went up to number eight, followed that with LeVon, number twenty-four. Tiny Dancer only went to number forty-one. Iconic now, Tiny Dancer is, is included in the almost famous movie, right? And then his string of big hits. Rocket Man went to number six. Honky Cat number eight. Crocodile Rock, his first number one song. Daniel was number two, followed that up with Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting at number twelve. He had Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, came in at number two, and this was all before 1974. In 74, he had another number one with Biddy and the Jets, and number two with this one. Don't Let oh, the, right the Sun Go Down on Me. He went to number four with The Bitch Is Back, another number one with Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and we'll talk more about that song before this podcast is over and, and the meaning of that song he had a number one in 1975 with Philadelphia Freedom number four with Someone Save My Life Tonight which would be the last single for eight years featuring their original Elton John band but what a run 15 14 of those 15 songs that we just talked about were top 40 most of them top 20 unbelievable rock star in the 70s island girl was number one in 75 off the rock of the westies album a fun fact with island girl uh the song which replaced it at number one was a song called bad blood by neil Sedaka. elton provided uncredited backing vocals on that al- uh, on that song so it went from an elton song to number one to a neil Sedaka song on elton's label the rocket record company with Neil Sedaka, number uh, one in 1976, "Kiki D" and "Don't Go Breaking My Heart." Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Another number one, or another no, another top ten at number six, and then he slowed down his role just a little bit. Uh, by '78, "Part Time Love" was number 22, and then the the um, really the last of the top tens of that decade was this one. unbelievably successful run for Elton John. His most commercially successful period was 1970 to 76, but what we're going to do today on Rock, Pop, and Roll is dig into his 80s output. We'll do that next. Did you know that Elton taught himself to play piano? He did. At the age of three, he played a song called The Skater's Waltz after learning it by ear. He had a scholarship to the Royal Academy of Music in London at age eleven. Elton's piano playing I you know, it's just so integral to the success of his best hits. When he's good, he's playing piano when he's you know, had some mid eighties stuff that we'll look at not as good as because we it wasn't that it wasn't that Elton organic rock and roll soulful piano. He, I might even say he's underrated or at least not appreciated like he should be as a piano player, an amazing soulful player. Did he keep doing after his 70s songs what made him the legend that he is? How did Reginald Dwight do with the decade of the 80s? That's what we'll look at and try to discover today in the podcast. Welcome to Rock, Pop, and Roll podcast number 18, the 80s output of Elton John. How was it? We're going to look at it. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob Nichols. We talk rock and roll and pop music from the playlist of the decade of the 1980s, directly from the middle of the USA, recorded live in Indiana, our digital file from us to you, wherever you are. The podcast is a great audience, not only in the States, Canada, Mexico, Germany, Australia. Shout out to our fans in Peru, South America. Rock, pop and roll has listeners in 57 countries. Hey, Cuba up ciao to our italian listeners thanks to everyone who does listen this morning this afternoon or tonight whatever time it is where you might be rock pop and roll you can hear more from the elton john podcast all the songs that we play plus some more on our spotify playlist you can find the link in the show notes but let's roll with rock pop and roll the podcast Elton John's single discography consists of, get this, 131 official singles in his career. Elton has 57 top 40 hits in the United States, second only to Elvis. 27 of those hit the top 10, nine number ones. In his native United Kingdom, he has 71 top 40 singles, 33 top tens, and eight number ones. Elton owns the record for the most adult contemporary hits, 69, in the chart's 52-year history. There are so many songs in there that we, we, sometimes we don't even hear all the Elton John stuff on the radio anymore. They, they focus maybe on five or six of, of his greatest hits, but man, he has so many of them. On this episode of Rock, Pop, and Roll, it is Elton in the 1980s. Are there any certifiable classics from the 1980s worthy of his 1970s greatness? You could argue that Elton was the biggest rock and pop music artist of the decade of the 1970s. You want to argue? I'm down with that. Is it fair to compare the decades? How could he live up? How could he live up to the 10 years of 1970 to 1980? So just because I can today, we're going to rate these tunes as well. I don't always do this, but we're going to do it today just for fun. The decade of the 1980s, his songs on a scale of 1 to 10. One meeting, it's not that good. 10 means it could stand next to songs like Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, Rocket Man, Your Song. There are no 10s, but we are looking at all the singles he released, and let's see how close he can get to the 10s, and let's roll into it with the first single of the 1980s in nineteen eighty. He had an album called 21 at 33, which meant his 21st album at age 33. This song actually became his biggest U.S. hit since Don't Go Breaking My Heart, his highest charting solo hit since 1975's Island Girl, reached number three. It. Number three on the Billboard Pop Top 40 chart. The next single was a, a song that he co-wrote with a songwriter named Tom Robinson. They wrote the song in 1979, again on the 21 at 33 album. In the UK, the title of this one was called uh, Sartorial Eloquence in the U.S., they must have thought oh, that may be too deep for U.S. audiences. They called it "Don't You Want to Play This Game No More?" It was number thirty-nine on the uh, Billboard Hot One Hundred, number forty-five on the Adult Contemporary. Kind of forgotten, and uh, oh, your last I like it. Not a bad start to the 1980s, really. Little Genie, I give it a six. This one, Sartorial Eloquence, I give it a seven. Uh, From here, though, Elton began to struggle a little bit. 1981, he had an album out called The Fox. Five songs from the album were actually recorded during the 21 at 33 sessions. This album, not his strongest. This song, certainly not. I can't really believe he got to number 21. Where is where is the piano, people? Where is it? A little bit. His follow-up to that one didn't do even as well as, uh, as Nobody Wins, which I give a 1 on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, Chloe was his next single. Went to number 34. Had some of that, uh, some of that building violin in the background, like he had on like, "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me" songs like that. But mostly, mostly forgettable. Chloe, not a big hit. I give it a three. 1982's Jump Up album uh, was a step up for him, for Elton. First single went top twenty. It was number twelve, and it was pretty good. I gave it a six. It's called Blue Eyes. Blue Eyes. Baby's got blue eyes Like a clear blue sky Watching over me Rock, pop, and roll. We're looking at the 1980s output of Elton John, Blue Eyes. It was number one adult contemporary hit, too. So he was coming back into it with his album. On this album, uh, he and Bernie wrote a tribute to John Lennon. Uh, Lennon had died 15 months earlier, and uh, John Lennon and Elton John were good friends. In 1974, if you are a uh, rock historian, you might know this. John Lennon appeared on Elton John's single cover of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. The two collaborated on John Lennon's song, Whatever Gets You Through the Night. And Lennon, well, he agreed to appear in concert with Elton John if Whatever Gets You Through the Night became a number one single, and it did. So on Thanksgiving Day in 1974, John Lennon and Elton John performed it along with Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and I saw her standing there at Madison Square Garden. You can find the audio on YouTube. Uh, This would be John Lennon's last live performance. This song was Elton's tribute to John Lennon. best of his early 80s output by far empty garden hey hey johnny was a number 13 hit for elton and it uh elton he was putting out one album a year his album tour album tour album tour in 1983 it was the too low for zero album which featured the original uh band that elton was using in the 70s davy johnstone on electric guitar d murray on bass nigel olson on drums they were back together And the Too Low for Zero album, pretty strong album. The first single went to number four. It was uh, one of his biggest hits of the 1980s, and it was also helped uh, by a little thing called MTV. And a little harmonica from Stevie Wonder, too. This was at the beginning uh, of the real MTV power uh, part of the decade. Elton was making some videos. That song's an eight, I think. That was a really. uh, I like that one. It holds up pretty well. Elton John. His uh, follow up was a song that they shot a video for over the course of uh, two days, but the first day, after the first day. Unexplicably, uh, the film was ruined by water damage. They say the director somehow lost it when he fell into the ocean. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing on our off hours, boys? Uh, therefore, they had to film it all again the next day. And so during the shoot for the video, and this is the life he was leading, during the shoot for the video, Elton came across the boys from Duran Duran. Elton said he was exhausted. Said he'd been up since 4 o'clock in the morning, so Simon Le Bon, the lead singer for Duran Duran, said uh, Elton should have a martini. Elton said, so I did, he recalled. He said, I had six. <laughs> he watched the video in a whole new light, man. That's the song for the video still standing it was a hit number 12 yeah, I liked it well enough still today to give it a six out of ten uh, the follow-up to that one I liked even a little bit better it was a bit of a rocker guilty pleasure maybe I dug it kiss the bride a said, Is that here? got a reason why the shooting I should have stuck up my hand. I should have got up to stand. And this is what I should have said. I wanna kiss the bride. Yeah. I think I like it because I can hear Elton's band rocking. The original guys. That's Kiss the Bride. I gave it a seven. That's a strong album, really. A strong mid-1980s radio album. Good videos. Uh, pretty pretty solid stuff. And from there, he would have a, maybe one more hit, and then it was a fall-off. 1984's Breaking Hearts album. Again, the classic lineup of Johnstone, Murray, and Olson. It was the last album that this would be his band for. The first single went to number 5. Lots of radio airplay. And uh, really the last hurrah for a while for Elton. Guess that! Still gets played on the radio, though. Of his mid-80s output, this one may be the most ubiquitous song that you hear. I give it a... I couldn't give it a 7, but I couldn't give it a 6, so we we split it down the middle. The number 2 adult contemporary hit, number 5 on the top 40 charts, I gave it a (laughs) 6.5. But the falling off has begun Breaking Hearts was the first album since Victim of Love back in 79 not to feature a, a string or horn section on any of the tracks. The follow-up single to uh, said song say so much was something called Who Wears These Shoes which went, went to number 16. It was a number 11 adult contemporary hit. It was a 3 in my book, a little forgettable. No, no one... It's all right. The, they, they squeezed a third single out of that album. Uh, barely scraped the top 40. Went to number 38. And that was the name of the song in neon. Elton John's 80s Output. I give that one a three. We're looking at all of it today on rock, pop, and roll. If you want to hear more from Elton John, check out the Spotify playlist. We've got that down in the show notes. You think you could turn that one up? We've put some old stuff on there, some new stuff. "Ice on Fire" is the nineteenth studio album that he released back in. Uh, he did that back in nineteen eighty five. He recorded it at Saul Studios, which was owned by his old producer, Gus Dungeon. And uh, he released it in November of 85, the first album since Blue Moves that Gus produced. George Michael, of he was with Wham! at the time. He's on two tracks on the album. George Michael was hot as a singer. He was on the first single, which went top ten. Uh, the song Nikita. <laughs> I'm hearing a little bit in the background there. Yeah, the follow up single to that one was went to number 20 on the Hot 100, had George Michael, and it also had the legendary Kiki D singing back up on the uh, song called uh, Wrap Her Up. Do you remember? barely it's the 80s output of elton john we're in the mid-80s which is uh, not the greatest period for him but we're going to look at them all all the singles released we got them for you on rock pop and roll 1985's album was called leather jackets it was actually uh, the singles released in 86 the first album not to have uh any top 40 singles on it either in the u.s or the uk since 1970s tumbleweed connection album had no singles released from that one though so that's why it had no singles in the top 40 so really this is the one that he he tried but nobody was biting it's the poorest charting album of his career. It was his ninth album in nine years. The first single did not even make the top 40. Number 55, Elton, has since called this the worst song that he's ever recorded. He's also called leather jackets his least favorite of all his albums. He's acknowledged this was he, it was the middle of his uh, his drug coke period before he cleaned up. But that's heartache all over the world. Did not. Did not do much all over the world. This was his last studio re- uh, release that was produced by Gus Dungeon, and the last in which Elton played the grand piano before he switched to a digital piano. After this, he would uh, play a Roland RD-1000 digital piano for his next three studio albums. So, I don't know why. Well, and that's what you did in the mid-'80s, right? This is Rock, Pop, and Roll. Today's episode is the 80s output of Elton John. What was it? You can hear a killer selection of Elton's elton's tunes on our spotify playlist you can find that uh, link in the show notes by 1987 he was ready for a live album so he did it recorded it with the melbourne australia orchestra and had a couple of american singles that he released back to the classic sound really it was uh kind of nice nice change from the cold sounding albums that he had been making the first single from that uh, melbourne orchestra collaboration went to number six on the top 40 charts, i give it a 7. I liked it. Live version Goodbye, of Candle in the Wind. No, one never knew at all. You had the grace to hold yourself from those around you. Crow. Goodbye, Norma Jean. From Bayon, a young man in the 22nd row, We year is something more than sexier. I got, him back, I got him back in Good Graces of Radio. It was a number two adult contemporary hit. His follow up was a number 37 adult contemporary hit. It did not hit the top 40, though I liked it a little bit better than Candle in the Wind. It was his version, his live version of the uh, classic Take Me to the Pilot. It just has some good energy to it. I gave both of those a 7 on the 1 to 10 Elton in the 80s scale from Rock, Pop, and Roll. <laughs> I liked them. Compared to the previous album, how could you not like it better? So that live album set up a bit of a comeback for Elton John. He was, he was ready for a comeback album. Reg Strikes Back. Reg is in Reginald. Strikes Back is the 21st studio album he's released. Back in 1988, it was, it was more of a true comeback album than this live one was. It was also the last album to feature bassist D. Murray, though he appeared without a bass. He did appear on the album with some background vocals prior to his death in 1992. Nigel Olsen, the drummer, also appeared without drums on backing vocals. Guitarist Davy Johnstone was still in the band, he was the music director. He assembled a new band for this album. They hit top 5 gold, went to number 2 with the first single. Oh, yeah. It gets so hard sometimes to understand this vicious circle's game from a studio perspective that was a return to form for elton went to number two his follow-up was top 20 as well uh, although not not as uh, let's be honest about it not as good as that one and the song that he uh, came next with was a word in spanish One of those, I like the verses. The verses kind of harken back to the 70s, kind of reminded me of his 70s sound, but then not so much with the chorus. I gave it a three. I gave I Don't Want to Go On With You Like That a five. It's the 80s output of Elton John, and we are winding down. We are to the last album of the 80s that he released, an album called Sleeping with the Past, released in August of 1989. Elton said he was inspired by the uh, the success of Billy Joel's 1983 album called An Innocent Man, so he wanted to pay similar tribute to the R&B sound of the 1960s and 70s. He said, Elton said he was sober when he recorded Sleeping With The Past, although he said did go, in his words, off the rails when he did the tour after the album. Actually, during that first week of the tour, he collapsed on stage. Um, but was sober when he did this album and uh, really underrated piece here I-, I like this one it's the uh, gospel side of elton went to number 13 as the first single from sleeping with the past It was top twenty. His next one did not quite reach the top twenty. It stalled out at number twenty three. Had a little more of that adult contemporary feel with the follow up single called "Sacrifice." And, and that's. Boys and girls, this is your 80s output of Elton John? Sacrifice? I gave it a three. Not my favorite. I gave a Healing Hands a six. So, the best songs? What were the best songs of Elton's 80s career? I'd say Empty Garden. I gave it a nine. I guess that's why they called the blues a number eight. I also like Sartorial Eloquence, Kiss the Bride, Take Me to the Pilot, Candle in the Wind. Really? As I look back, a lot more good than not good if you ignore the middle part of the decade. It was it was it was pretty strong. The best album was Too Low for Zero, a lot of low lights, leather jackets in eighty five, ice on fire in eighty four, slow slide for him as a recording artist middle of the decade. The quality of the material wasn't that great, his passion wasn't there, it was too electronic, it was too produced, it was too artificial, it was too not good. Elton is at his best when he's Elton with a real piano, throwing a good band, give him some inspiration. He's got a catalog of songs, really, that's unmatched in rock music. Maybe the Stones, the Who, the Beatles. That's a pretty good group, right? I think Elton's in. He's right there with them. What What is Elton John? When we look back at the performers and songwriters of the 70s and 80s or just before, Elton John, he's right there. Uh, is he a Mount Rushmore artist? Maybe of the 1970s. Who else would be on that Mount Rushmore? Clapton, Springsteen, Freddie Mercury from Queen? Who Who was bigger in the 70s? not too many he should be on that uh mount rushmore of 70s rock artists so many great songs so many hits and his greatness was as an album artist really when he was at his peak he had these singles but unbelievable album artist the albums that he put out at his peak captain fantastic and brown dirt cowboy madman across the water goodbye yellow brick road honky chateau with mona lisa and mad hatters he didn't die young He wants to get back on the road to finish his long farewell tour, and he still rocks. Elton's skills and his musicianship is amazing, amazing for a man who's been doing this for more than 50 years. He survived the drugs intact. He's been groundbreaking. He turned 74 last week. In many ways, Elton John may be the greatest rock star we've ever had. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I got more than just one last fact for you today. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Subscribe if you don't already. Subscribe to Rock Pop and Roll on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter at a 80s Rock Pop Roll. I think I mess that one up every time I say it. 80s Rock Pop Roll on Twitter. Email us at rock podcast at gmail.com you like the show, share it with a friend. Use that social media. You know somebody who's a fan of 80s pop and rock and roll? Let them know. And we end with one last fact plus. Did you know that Axl Rose yeah, that Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses covered parts of "Someone Saved My Life Tonight" on his piano as an intro to "November Rain" back in 2009, 2010 on his Chinese Democracy World Tour. Did you know? Of course, you knew that. Axel loves Elton. And lest we forget, Elton had solo albums in the 2000s as well. He he continued to make albums. 2001. 2004, 2006, 2013, 2016. The best of the bunch may be an organic-sounding Peachtree Road from 1974. The songs on it kind of echo his best work. They grow on you. The previous album before this was a comeback album called Songs from the West Coast. That was good, too, a throwback to his 70s sound. This was more of a southern sounding R&B album. Nigel Olsen played drums on all the tracks of Peachtree Road, including this gospel sounding song called Porch Swing and Tupelo. Elton John, man, can you be as underrated and still have as many hits as Elton has? I think you can. And we're going to miss him when he's gone, so enjoy him while he's here. Elton John. That's our podcast on rock, pop, and roll. We will leave you with this little nugget: the number one hit that Elton had with Neil Sedaka back in the mid seventies. Thanks for listening. See you next time. I'm Rob. Be good to each other. rock, pop, and roll.